The Radio Bible Course is bringing you a study of the book of Galatians, and we welcome you to this verse-by-verse study. Today we begin chapter 5 of Galatians. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. This section is entitled, Grace Needs No Help. Listen to what Paul writes. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is bound to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. This chapter begins the third major section of this epistle. The final two chapters of Galatians consist of teachings for free men. Now here's a review of where we have been. In chapters 1 and 2, we have Paul's personal defense. In chapters 3 and 4, he makes a defense of the gospel of justification by faith alone. And now these final two chapters deal with teachings for free men. And this section, which we begin at the beginning of chapter 5, has to do with the fact that grace doesn't need any human help. Verse 1 has a therefore in it, telling us that what he is now going to say is based on what was preceding this section. What did he do? He gave them instruction about their position as heirs, comparing a son with a slave in his very convincing allegory concerning Hagar and Sarah. And he made a summary statement there, which he applied to the Galatians. In verse 28, he wrote, We, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise, meaning not slave children of the old covenant. And now, in chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, because of what he had written, therefore stand firm, or keep standing firm, it's in the present tense, in what? in the freedom which Christ gave us. Now, the emphasis in the Greek text is on the word freedom. So I like the Revised Standard Version translation that reads, For freedom Christ has set you free. I call your attention to the verb translated, has set us free. It's an aorist, or what we might call a point tense referring to something that happened in the past. He says, stand firm, that's present, and you have been set free, that's aorist. That was a point in time when they believed that they were set free. They are not still being set free, they were set free. The aorist tense looks back to an event in a moment of time when they were set free of the bondage of law. Paul is not teaching that Christ is making you free, that is, continually. His death did not begin the process of their freedom. His death completed it. 
Jesus Christ said before he died, It is finished. The work of Christ is all done. There's nothing more that he can do for you or anyone else. He did everything necessary. That's why nothing more is needed. Now when were the Galatians set free? When they believed the gospel, which was preached by Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey, and you'll read about that in Acts chapters 13 and 14. Likewise, when you, by faith, look to the cross work of Christ, trusting in him alone to save you, you were set free. Your deliverance from bondage was completed at the cross. Since we are sons by faith, we ought not to think of our new position as the beginning of a struggle to get free. That would deny what God's word declares, that we are free. When I believed in Christ, my slavery under the law of bondage ended, and this included everything related to that law, every obligation to the Mosaic law, the condemnation, and the curse of the law was no longer over me. Now there are two commands in verse 1. The first one is, Stand fast. And the second, do not submit, or literally, to hold in. Don't be held in by the yoke of bondage. And now the obvious but often neglected truth, since Christ set us free so that we would be free of the law, it must mean that he desires us to remain free of the law after salvation. Now we better ponder that. How many people say we are saved by grace and then they go under the law? They don't understand this wonderful salvation. They are thinking in terms of obligations when Christ freed them from obligations. They are thinking of commandments when Christ freed them from those commandments and gave them a new one. And they impose the law upon other people. And that's pretty common in many churches today. Preachers will say, we believe in grace salvation, but then they show that they believe in law living. Now in verse 2, let me read that. Now I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Many readers think Paul is looking back to when they believed and that he is saying Christ will be of no advantage or benefit to those Galatians because they believed and then accepted circumcision. No, let verse 1 guide us. He instead is telling them about future benefits from Christ. Salvation is not the theme here. Liberty for the saved person is Paul's theme. And if you forget the theme, which is essentially the context, you'll misinterpret the passages. The first rule of interpretation of any passage is what does the context say? Keep the verse in the context. And the context here is the liberty or the freedom of the Christian. So when Paul writes, first of all, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then he says, I say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. In what way? In regard to this freedom and liberty which Christ purchased for you. Implied is the fact that Christ does have a future in your new life. 
But anyone desiring circumcision to make him more righteous will not benefit at all from Christ as he proceeds in his Christian life of liberty. As a matter of fact, he's abandoning liberty when he goes back to circumcision because he is accepting the fact that he is not free and he needs something else to please God. There is nothing wrong with circumcision. Paul makes that quite clear. It's neither good nor bad. What is important is why someone would want to be circumcised. If it's for righteousness, then he would be depending upon it instead of depending upon Christ. And that would be an insult to the crosswork of Christ. If he wants to be circumcised to please the Jews, then he clearly is not a servant of God. As Paul pointed out in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still pleasing men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Paul apparently is concerned for these Galatians wanting to be circumcised because of what it will mean in their future life of liberty. You see, there are benefits that come with the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ as we depend upon him alone. And here are some of those benefits. We get liberty. We get peace. We have joy and security and acceptance by God. We get the approval of God. There is no condemnation for us. And there is rest, spiritual rest. Now, if someone is not satisfied with Christ and he wants to go back to the law to do something or depends upon a ritual to improve his standing with God, then obviously he is not resting on Christ alone. And somehow he must feel that the crosswork of Christ was not sufficient to accomplish everything for him, that he himself must also do something. Well, you won't find that in the New Testament. Paul's teaching about salvation is that Christ did everything, that salvation is by grace, through faith, and not of ourselves. There is nothing that we contribute to it. This is God's work completely. And salvation is part of the new covenant, which is an unconditional covenant. God asks no work from us. He tells us, that whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Now, believing is not a work. Believing is a response to the unconditional promise of God. And when you believe him, you are trusting him, depending upon him alone, and having total confidence in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, that's what it means to believe. But the person who turns to the law after believing will forfeit all these benefits which we mentioned here. Now in verse 2, this can be made more meaningful by this fact. If the only son of a wealthy man is in prison, his father's riches are of no benefit. Likewise, if a man is captured in battle, his inheritance does not help him. He must live as a captive and a slave. The point is that if you as a Christian want to go back and receive something from the law 
to help you spiritually, then you likewise will not benefit from the freedom which Christ purchased for you. Now in verse 3, Paul writes, I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is bound to keep the whole law. Friends, that's the way the Bible is. You can't pick and choose the laws you want to follow. The law is a system and it's a unit. And if you take some of the law, then you must keep all of the law. If you think that by keeping the Sabbath day or by tithing that you will be more pleasing to God, then you are under obligation to do all things in the law to please God. As James 2.10 declares, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Now there's more to say about this passage, and we'll have to take that up in our lesson tomorrow, and I hope you'll join me here. This could be an embarrassing question. Did anyone ever give you orientation to the Bible? Most people have received none. Isn't it strange that we were introduced to a book of two religions, two lifestyles, and two destinies, and two leaders without any orientation? If you are a Christian, you may be living like a Jew unless you understand the differences between the Old and the New Testament. Well, I want you to know about a cassette course that will give you critical orientation to the Bible. It's called Understanding the New Testament. The material on these ten tapes is not included in any book. Write for information today about Understanding the New Testament. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.